Okay, people, it's Thursday again. We say welcome to the conversation. Outspoken opinionated, of course, I am your host, Edwin Meyer. Today's conversation looks like it's going to be real crazy. Um, we're crazy in a good way. Let me not say crazy because you know sometimes when you say crazy, y'all be acting up. So for my people who are not following me, I am told that I need to say this all the time. I'm really getting tired of doing this. Now, let's start first. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're asking you to go follow the conversation, Outspoken Opinionated. Go to Facebook, the conversation, Outspoken Opinionated. Of course, we're on Instagram, the conversation with double N. And then basically, we are here. We have started the season. This is season three. We are in February. It's Black History Month. So you see, I'm rocking my, this is what they call, I think, I'm having that name, Ankara, whatever they call this. But anyway, February is also a love month. And so everything we're doing, we talked about, we're going to be talking about love. And so, of course, you know, you're having these conversations with the team. And they were like, well, you know, we need to have a conversation. I'm like, what conversation? They're like, oh, we need to talk about divorce. I'm like, you're trying to put my business out there on Front Street. Because, and they're like, yeah, it's not what the conversation is all about. The, um, your viewers, there are people who do want to know about you. They want to know more about you. They want you to know everything. So, uh, actually, um, today is going to be totally different. Uh, we are going to have a really, really great conversation. I have four people who are supposed to be joining us. And we're just going to have a conversation on love and divorce. And the way we said it is, you know, I want to give you guys context. You know, uh, you get you get married, love is great, you have the kids. If you do have the kids, they tell you it's going to be happily ever after. Nobody gets married to get divorced. And so we're going to just have a conversation. Um, I have three people who have been down the journey, they've been through the process. And it's funny because these three people um, knew me when I was super single, then I got real married, and then I got real divorced. All these people here. So they've seen my progression and my, uh, what I would say, my progression from one state of my life to the other. So the first person I'm going to bring uh, bring into the studio is someone who's actually been here before. She's amazing, uh, Precious Taylor. So I want to say, Precious, welcome back to the conversation. It's Thank good to you. have you. Thank good. you so much. It's really great to have you. And we're going to have a group conversation. I'm also going to bring in somebody, um, Carmina Grant. So Camila Grant, we said welcome. It's the first time on the show. Uh, we're Thank gonna get ground rules. Say whatever you want to say. <laughs> okay. We, drink. we do have drinks up on here. Well, I need to know I have to get a drink. Oh, okay. well, how you gonna come and have a drink? You need water. You need a like water. Okay, give me two seconds. I need. I need at least a bottle of water. So hold on. There I'll be go. back. I need one of those mugs though. Uh, so that's the plan. The plan uh, the moss and merch is gonna come up soon. We are working on it yes. right now. Um, you know, I got somebody who was supposed to help me on my website, but we'll talk about that another day. Who's supposed to be joining the conversation as well? But okay. the merch is coming, so we do have a mug, we have shirts, we have some other stuff that we're putting together. But once they come, of course, people who've been on the show multiple times get free mugs. So let's see if everybody else want to join. But guys who are watching Precious is in IT. She has an amazing business that helps parents with the kids how to work uh, um, with basically building infrastructure to protect your kids on the internet. Moms, right? So that's really, really great. Um, and so Carmina, who just left us, is also going to come out. But Carmina is, uh, is, is, in, is in clinical rehab. Um, she also runs her own business as well. It's called Cruel Crown. And Cruel Crown, I believe, it's a hair product 
for Amir just going to have us get long hairs because coming out and cut that hair, don't grow back, cut that hair, don't grow back. So I think. But without further ado, I'm going to bring in Mr. Akwe. Emmett, welcome to the show. Did you bring some? Did, we can't hear you, so I think you're me. I know, I know, uh, you know, video etiquette. I want me to. Okay, that's why the conversation is going to be real, real crazy. Emmett talking about video etiquette. Okay, Kamina is back. Yeah. I was I'm back. I was telling the poor about Crew Crown. I know Crew Crown is amazing. And yes, I guess yes, yes. I'll show you. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Emmett also is in IT. Emmett um, is an IT professional. He run, he's also runs his own business. So I think these are all entrepreneurs here. Get in the bag. Because everybody get in the bag. I know Precious get in the real bag. Uh, I know. I know. I know. I can just see it. She's drinking her tea. She said, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to get involved in this conversation. <laughs> But guys, I want to say thank you for joining me today. This is a very, um, whew, this is a topic that I don't think I was ready for, but my team really pushed me to have this conversation. Um, I didn't know it was really stressed about it until today. I couldn't really work. I couldn't think because I was like, oh my God, like, I'm going to relive this process. And so I brought you guys on board because um, we've all been through something. It's common among all of us and so i just want us to have a conversation i first want to start you know with um love i put this this way i don't think i don't think love is dead i think we find our part we find the people who fall in love we get married but those who have kids have kids and then life happens and when life happened there are things that we go through that i feel was like people don't really understand what we're going through in that process. And so I want to put myself out there and then we can start the conversation. And of course, I got married. It was happily ever after. And then I had my son. When I had my son, stuff started to happen. Oh, did a little awkward thing for me. Stuff started to happen. Different things happen. Boom, 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 boom. I get a divorce. The hardest part for me in my divorce was for me to move out of my house. Because in the state of Maryland, you have to be separated for a year. And so I just want to have also have this conversation on your headspace when you started the process. Where were you in your headspace? Because mentally I was messed up. And Emmett, if you want to go, you can go. Hmm. <laughs> Why I feel like you're going to call my name first? Because when you say you're going to start with, I'm going to watch you say Emmett. And there are just smiling. I can't have my face <laughs> and everything else. So you say, gotta call my name, man. What you serious? I didn't like that. Well, I mean, I would say this. Um, I'm a different breed when it comes to the uh, divorce situation. I may not, I didn't experience what a lot of folks experience because uh, for me, I tried to make it work. And so I took steps in terms of taking my ex-wife to counseling and, you know, finding counseling for us and all of those things. So when the decision was made, I was already, I already checked out. It was, it was what it was. So I didn't, there was no love lost, okay. uh, no headache. It was just a matter of navigating the process to ensure that, you know, uh, I'm not getting, I don't get to take advantage of. Anybody else can jump in their headspace, general headspace, where you were, where you're working, you got, like, how did that, how do you navigate that? So 
I'll, I'll go, Carmina. Um, like Emmett said, I think it's different for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, mine has it's been decades now. So, um, but during the time, it was extremely difficult. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it was difficult because it takes two to make a marriage work, right? Right. And um, both people need to work at it for it to be successful. It's not just one person. And when you get to that place where, you know, you're, you're either separated or you're going through a divorce, nobody in their right mind wants it. Nobody wakes up and say, I want to get a divorce overnight. It's a process. Things yeah. happen and you eventually get to that point. But I mean, for me personally, I felt like a failure. I felt mm. like I had, you know, I was working at this thing. Um, I was happy at one point. You know, nobody wants, I didn't want to break up my family. So I, during that particular time, I felt as a failure. I felt despite everything I tried to do to make it work, to save it, it just wasn't happening. And so I had to get past that in my mind. I had to get past the fact that I was not a failure, that bad things happen to good people. And that sometimes no matter how hard you work, to save something, it's not always possible. But that's a process. You know, for some people it's overnight. For others, it takes a while for you to get there mentally. Okay. Well, <laughs> for me, it was different. It was, you know, when, when you say life come at you mm -hmm. at once and you just you're just so confused, you don't know what emotion to bring out. That was me. So I didn't, it hit me in the sense that I didn't know it was coming. So I was, I was fighting for my life and then it happened. So I was literally in the hospital fighting for my life. And then my ex says, I'll be back and never came back. Oh. And so I was fighting for my life, fighting for like what is going on. So I didn't have time really to process. I needed to process. I didn't have time to process. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know where my head was. I can't tell you it was, I was mad. I can't tell you I was sad. I can't tell you like I was angry. I wanted to kill somebody. I can't tell you nothing because I didn't know where my hair was, my head was. And I needed people to tell me what was happening because it, it seemed like I was in a dream. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I can't really answer that question. It's amazing how we have three completely different, different stories. Wow. I know, yeah. I, I, and, I think, and that's why I think this conversation is so important because I think someone told me um, when I was going through my process, someone told me that first of all, I need to let you know that no divorce is the same. Just how no marriage is one size fit all, no divorce is the same. So when you are dealing, when you are going through the process, you might find people who might give you pointers but this process that you are going through is unique for you. Yeah. So it's unique to you. It's happening yeah. to you. The feelings and stuff. Well, Precious, you brought something out where you said, you know, two people need to be, um, two people, that's how I would say two people need to be in one accord in order for, 
for it to work. But let's talk about the shame. Because I think a lot of times we don't focus on the shame. We all act really tough. We think we're so strong and you know, and you don't want people to see your other side. And for some of us who know how to play it very well, people were freaking out and looking at me and they're like, is something going on with him? He's probably going to kill somebody. I'm like, no, I'm fine. But behind closed doors, I would bring it down every 30, 30 minutes, literally. <laughs> so can we talk about the shame? And before we talk about the shame, I'm going to bring another person who's supposed to be a part of this conversation. But this person is not divorced. So let me put the disclaimer out there to people. He's not divorced. He's happily married, been married for 15 years. But we needed a balance for someone who maybe there are some things we'll talk about that he has experienced certain things and he was able to go through it and how he was able to go through it. And now we're talking about our shame and our failures. When people like this come around, we're like, okay, now they're going to tell me how I'm, I'm, I'm a failure in life. I didn't make it because he made it. And so now, you know, stuff like that. So, but Ellington Brooks, you're welcome. <laughs> You're a brother. Hi, family. All my Thank sisters, you. brother. You got your brothers here as well. What's up, Chief? So what are we going to do for you? You're not going to interrupt us. And you're not going to let us tell our stories. And then if you have something to say about our stories, you can say something. But you're going to let us talk about our stories. Yes, sir. But this is what I was saying just before you came in, Ellington. I was talking about the shame. And I like to put myself out there. I was shamed. I felt I was ashamed. I felt that I was a disappointment. Um, when I walk into the room, I can see that people are watching me. I could tell whether they were watching me or not. I just felt people are looking at me. And so, and then mm -hmm. I felt, I will put it this my shame and my disappointment was in me. But it was because my process was very public. Mm -hmm. Everybody around me knew my process from beginning to end. And so I don't know, can we just talk about that? The shame, um, the disappointment, how you felt about yourself, even though sometimes you know it was it, it was not me, but at the end of the day, you still walk into a room and how do you feel? And uh well, anybody can just jump into it. Uh, I, I would say I was again, my situation was pretty unique. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't strange but it was different so i wouldn't say i was i was more so disappointed in myself than more ashamed and and i i didn't want pity so i was more so focused on that than shame or embarrassment because uh, like i said i feel it took me Probably, I don't know. It's been way over a decade. Well, not way over, but it's been over a decade. So it took me probably like five years or so to settle in and said, this really happened because of what I was going through. Again, I was going through an illness and I needed to get over that. So I need to get over fighting for my life, make sure I'm alive before I think about somebody else. So before I even think about my emotions, my, my inner feelings, I had to think about physical. So I had all of these things going on that I wasn't really embarrassed, but I was more so disappointed. Yeah. So um, for me personally, and, and it's not easy to talk about this, even though it's, it happened almost a decade ago, 
Um, but personally, and, and I'm sharing this only because I'm hoping that somebody else can really benefit from this. Um, right. Because they're not things that people talk about openly, especially as Christians, right? Everybody, we don't really do a good job of sharing some of the um, difficult times. We do a good job of sharing the testimonies, but when it comes to the struggles, we tend to hide it behind a smile, right? Absolutely. Um, for me personally, it was it was difficult because um, in the the inner circle or the the little outer circle, um, you know, working in ministry, some things were uh, public, even though they may or may not be true, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there are times that you enter a room and you know you get the stairs. Or maybe it's in your head. I mean, for me, sometimes I think it was in my head. I think sometimes I was thinking, you know, what are they thinking? What are they saying? Um, but again, it goes back to, not, I wouldn't say it was shame. I think it was just failure. I just felt mm -hmm. like I could not make something work. And mm -hmm. so I failed at marriage. And I am I'm a high achiever. I, I'm, I'm driven. And so it was difficult for me to, to, to have something not in my control to make work, right? And so those are those are inner issues that I had to deal with to say some things are not in your control, but when they're not in your control, how do you bounce back from this? Do mm -hmm. you get up in the morning and say, I need to continue, I need to push through? You know, that, that was a struggle for me. It was a mm -hmm. huge struggle for me, but I got to that point. I got to where, you know, um, my family was there for me. My, like my, 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 my family was really there for me during that time. Um, my sister, my mom, you know, and sometimes the people who you think should be there for you are not yeah. there for you. And yeah. sometimes the people who think that they're there for you are not doing the things that you really need them to do that's beneficial to you. And so I had to navigate that. I had to navigate, it's okay if so-and-so doesn't call me to check on me, you know, Maybe they don't know what to say, but I had to, I had to get to that point eventually, which was a process for me. So Emmett, I think, um, I'm, so Emmett, I didn't really tell you, but Emmett has been divorced. Emmett is remarried. And so, you know, that's why I've seen this, this conversation really different. So he, you know, find love again and he decided to get married. <laughs> so Emmett, the first time. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I'm a oh, different yeah, kind of person, person, right? In oh, a sense that uh, in terms of shame and what have you, that was never my issue uh, right. because I operate in the simple sense that you're not paying my bills. You are not the one in this wow. situation. I know what I've done to make sure that I can rescue the situation. And before I, the funny thing is that before I got married, there were some age differences in between my ex and myself. And I said to myself, how are you going to handle this down the road, 10, 15, 20 years down the road? And I kind of resigned myself to, okay, I will do that. But the other thing was, I asked myself, this was me dealing with myself prior to getting married. And when I made a decision, I said to myself, I said, okay, you are making this decision based on what you see now and what you are shown. However, if things goes left, 
you know, don't beat yourself up. Just know that it is what it is. Handle it the best way you can and then move on. That is why when uh, the decision was finally made, it was not just made for myself, mm -hmm. just doing it. Actually, there were religious people involved in the decision and all of those things because mm -hmm. I did what I needed to do. You see what I'm saying? I went to other churches to find counseling. I went to different area. And when the decision was made, the people around me said, you know, chief, we understand, we know who you're dealing with. So do what you got to do. And when, it is, when I made a decision, I was finished. You know, and like Jesus Christ said, it, what he said? It, it is finished. It is finished. So it was finished. Oh, no, my <laughs> God. Damn it. Are you really <laughs> There was yeah, no turning back um, to bro, it. Bro, 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 I'm going to ask you a question. So my question is, bro, is you hearing from us and you on the outside, especially the fact where me and Precious literally told you, like, we were walking to a room and we'll feel a certain kind of way. You, I'm asking you, you being from the outside, do you, have you, do you judge people based on any work? Well, so here's the thing here. This, this entire panel, maybe with the exception of Emmett, uh whatever i say it's not it's going to be very biased because <laughs> precious and i are extremely close yeah <laughs> i pretty much went to well, the what entire... you what you look like here jenna actually not that close but we'll have a different conversation oh well, no we, we 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 are we are we are very very close uh -huh. <laughs> we don't think so but it's okay the man frozen well, don't worry oh, you frozen, frozen. Okay. Oh, he's frozen. I think he was really just trying to not say no, anything. He's frozen. So we're gonna wait to see if we get back. But in the meantime, so can I, I ask one? Oh, he's back. Okay. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Yeah. Okay, bro. You are frozen. So red, and he get what you said. No, I was saying that as far as judging people, mm -hmm. I don't do that because, you know, Shakespeare said to to thy own self be true. And one thing about me, I try to be very true to myself, and I know that. Because it had it not been for certain people in my life that I could talk to and talk about my relationship, and for uh, it had it not been for the grace of God and also for my own decision that there were certain things I just uh, wasn't going to do, I would be divorced too. Because marriage is is very challenging. If you think about my own relationship, my wife and I have every reason why people say a marriage would not work. We are very different. Personality-wise, as you can attest, EJ, completely, complete opposites. She she doesn't talk too much, and I'm I'm the one who's very outgoing. Uh, you know, we have different personalities, but I think one of the things that made it work for me when we got married, I put the responsibility on myself, and I made an open statement to everybody who was close to me, and I told them, I said, if you ever hear that I, I got divorced, it's, the fault is mine, it's not hers. And I think, oh, wow. yeah, that's what I said. I told, I told my closest friends, I said, if, we, if I ever get divorced, it's my fault. Don't blame Lady Anne. So every time there's, this, there's an issue, the Bible says you are slayed by the words of thy own mouth. My words come back to me. You don't set yourself up. You say it's your fault if something happens. 
So I work hard to make it work. Not it hasn't been perfect. There's been some serious challenges, but my words always come back to me. And for so that's why I don't judge anybody because I know it's not that easy, man. So, 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 EJ, if I may say something, um, yeah, go ahead. And Brooks, this is not this is not for uh, pertaining to you per se, but um, based to EJ's question, um, I think some people unknowingly judge. I think, I mean, because I don't know about everybody on a panel, but there there were some friends, you know, maybe the married ones that kind of sort of just pulled away because now you were the, the the single friend, right? Or maybe you weren't invited. I know for me, I stopped getting invitations to things. I mean, is, I, I don't think it was, it was coincidental and it baffled my mind as to why, but, and people are entitled to feel the way they do. Yeah. So maybe some people intentionally judge, maybe some don't realize that they're doing it. Maybe, you know, I had one friend um, who eventually went through their own issue, but I remember not. I remember not being invited to their events when after when I was going through my stuff, and later on found out that they weren't doing it intentional. They felt maybe I wouldn't be comfortable attending because you know I wasn't coming with so and so, or you know what I mean with my ex, or um, I would have been uncomfortable. So they, in their minds, made that decision for me. Right. Um, but I didn't find out till like after the fact. So I think some people have their own reasons. They, it may be that they're being judgmental. It may be that they just feel you're not going to be comfortable in, in the situation. Um, you know, and then some people are just, you know, they just don't give a crap. And I let think, me yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. So I think when it comes to people being knowingly or unknowingly judgmental, I think it's, it's more so is unknowingly just because sometimes most people, most uh, couple, when they get married, they are in the same friends group. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they feel the need that they have to take sides. And sometimes based on what we or the couple give them, they feel like they have to take sides and, and it splits. So some friends may go this way or even family members and some family members will go one side, one side, another family member go one side. But in, in the midst of it all, when you're going through that with friends, you have to not let friends get in the midst of your, in your head. Yeah. And you have to not allow what this friend say versus what that friend say. You have to know that this is, you went in front of God and give that um, said, said your vows. You didn't, I mean, friends was there, but also the promise was made more so to your spouse and God. God first and then your spouse. So make sure you are right in your heart with who you made the, um, the what's the word, the promise or those vows <laughs> to before mm -hmm. you look at friends. Yeah, I just want to add that in there. And I think that is super important. I really like that you said that because I think what happens is, I know what, what I have seen and what I have noticed is, like you said, you're in the circle with friends. And so mm -hmm. people not really start, people, their friends, let's just be honest, they won't invite you to everything. Um, If they're having things where they want to, because you used to do things as a couple. And now mm -hmm. you're in a couple. 
Another mm-hmm. thing I realized after the process was there are friends for both of you guys. So now they get, okay, should we invite him or should we invite her? But if we invite him, if she hears it, she's going to get upset. If we invite her, he, yeah, he's going to get upset. So there are two in between this stuff. But what I like is I had a couple of friends in the handful who was like, look, your problem is your problem. Mm-hmm. Your problem is not my problem. So this is what's going to happen. If I'm having something and I'm inviting you, I'm going to invite your ex. If you want to come, you come. If you don't want to come, you don't have to come. But this is what's going to happen. Right. And so, of course, you know, I'm like, oh, but you're supposed to be on my side. Man. You know, we're supposed to be a that thing. <laughs> we all together as the general and the fellow mayor. At the end of the day, it worked. Because guess what happened now? They put that responsibility to me. You're going to come or you're not going to come. And so I think for me, that helped me. And what pressure talk about, yeah, there were friends who were just grimy. They're just mean. They didn't want to hang out with you. They didn't want to talk to you no more because, you know, they. I felt that some people felt that, you know, your your bad luck will rub on them. So they <laughs> want to it's like it's not. I think people do that. And then it's like weird because after some time, then they won't reach out. And now I'm confused. I'm like, okay, so what we about to talk about now? But anyway, that's my conversation. Right. They want to talk about their problems. Yeah, now they want to talk about their problem. I'm just like, sorry, <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say. No, but in all, in all, in all honesty, though, um, Carmina, you said something that that makes you know that that really resonated with me. In that, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be at peace with yourself and and you have to be at peace with your relationship with christ because ultimately that is the relationship that's going to um keep you keep you sane keep keep Mm -hmm. some sort of joy in your heart keep you hopeful because Mm -hmm. you know the 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 divorce is hard it's Mm. it's even even if emmet says you know it was it is what it is (laughs) i'm sure I'm sure there were things that were hard for him that he may not, you know, he's fixing his face on screen that he may not say, but I refuse to believe that anybody, somebody just goes through divorce without any type of difficulty or any type of issue. Right. But I'll give you, I'll give you a minute. I'm meant to respond. (laughs) That relationship with Christ, man, that was the rock. That was the solid foundation that I needed. Right. Looking back now, would I change anything about what I went through? No, no matter how hard, I don't wish divorce on anybody. No matter how hard that was for me with two small children, full-time career, losing my mind, that relationship that I built with Christ during that time to be completely relying upon him, whether your pastor call you or don't call you, whether your friend call you or don't call you, whether your siblings call you or don't call you, I had to rely on Christ. And that was the only saving grace I had in my life. Amen. Have you you rest? Okay. So let me say this. Let me say this. My position was already answered with the, or explained, I should say, with the statement that you recognize that Kamina made. And that is things between you and Christ. At the end of the day, like I said before, it was not a decision that was made just me in isolation and all that. I made efforts, you know, you know, from a Christian standpoint, I tried to 
make sure that this thing work and so forth. Mm -hmm. But yes, my I was at peace in myself because of Christ. And yes, one thing I would say, let me give you a little bit of, you know, whatever it is. Whatever it is. When the, the, when I when the process started and I was sitting in court and the attorney that I had, you know, went in the, in the master's chamber and came back and gave me a number that was ridiculous. My first reaction was the what? Like, you know, this is, I just like what? But then in a split second, I said, you know what? It's okay. And this attorney, I, I could see, I mean, you know, I could see her brains moving like, whoa, why this dude say it's okay like that? Is he going to kill this person or do something? You know, like the way you just go from who and you come down like that, like what happening? You know, so she said, you sure? I said, I'm fine. It's okay. And she said, you sure? I said, I'm good. It's fine. Because yeah, it's why I said that. When mm. my, my first reaction was myself. The okay reaction was God telling me, my man, I got you. Relax. Mm -hmm. Relax. This will be taken care of. And I tell you this, going through the entire divorce, even my wife here, she, from that whole process, you know, said to me, like, dude, how did you do this? Right? In the sense that she was like, because every time I had to spend more money, because that's mm -hmm. what it was, like spending more money, moving, paying lawyers, you know, over ten, twenty thousand dollars. I spent almost upwards of a hundred thousand oh, dollars in the whole Lord thing because why? I was trying oh, to exactly because I was trying to be in my children's Jesus. life, right? Hmm. But every time new financial liability came up, God made a way for influx of money to come to the point that I was telling people, "I beg you, I don't want no more time." Okay, I can't do it because if I take all the time you're giving me, I will not serve nobody right. God made a way every single time when situation came up. So that's how I knew that you man, you did what you had to do. You went through your process. Like the saying go, you can take the horse to the water, but you can't force it to drink. You took the point in counsel, you can't force them to listen, and all those things. So when you made a decision, when I when I made my decision, I was fine. That's why mm -hmm. it wasn't soon after I got remarried. Because what are you sure? I said, I'm done. You're that thing, like I said, is finished. It was finished. No, you know, you know what though? Let me tell you something. So Go ahead, let me tell you why I understand Emmett. Because with Maryland law, it gives you, and for me, it gives you a you have to be separated for about oh, yeah. a year. So in that separation for me, I, I had I don't have any children. So I had I of course do disappear anyway. So I I didn't see him until court. When Emmett brought up court, hmm. I haven't yeah, dealt with happened to me too. When I, you I said something happened to me because at court was the was the first time that I since my my ex-husband left the hospital and said I'm gonna get clothes and never came back. Uh, uh, a court was the first time I saw him. And so when I got in court, I, I'm telling you, I had this, I froze. Mm -hmm. I, just how you hear me talking, I, 
like that. I couldn't, I, I didn't know what to say. So what helped me was I wrote a long letter to what I was going to say so I can get my mind together so I'm not scattered. And that I had the judge who was an old lady read that, took her time and read that in her in her courtroom. But court, you saying court just triggered me just now because I'm like, man, I remember that feeling when I got in court. Yo, you thought I was, I was, I don't know, I was frozen. My and I had like this out of body experience that my it was me and my dad. My dad was like, um, I mean, like the, he kept hitting me. Mm -hmm. Then I came back to myself. I was like, so I'm in court. So my mind went. The last time I saw you was in the hospital. Then now I'm seeing you in court. Like court just triggered me just now. So I just wanted to say that. You see, and like Precious said earlier. Talking about this, you think you're fine sometimes, mm -hmm. and then one thing can trigger you. One mm -hmm. thing because it's been over. I mean, it's I, I've been past this. It's been a it's been a while. You know, I've I've gone through therapy for myself. I've I mean, let me tell you, therapy is one of the best things, even if you have nothing going yep. on. Okay, let's leave that alone. But when they say the therapist needed a therapist, that was me. Yeah. So. But I thought I dealt with that court thing. It just brought up something. And then he brought up something just like, just like. Oh, Brooks. But Brooks, yeah. you hearing, um, you hearing our story. Um, obviously you haven't been through that process, and you know all of us through our process, and you saw. Oh us. yeah, Brooks was there. You know our process. Oh, I, don't remember, I don't remember when the legal went for his clothes and everything. So I want to ask you. I want to ask you. I really want to. I really want to hear from you when you hearing us now talking. We're literally reliving our trauma. That's what's happening right <laughs> now. What, what What do you think? Well, it's actually, I can't even begin to imagine how you feel because just hearing the stories and seeing some of the things play uh, play out was traumatic for me too. You know, because you, yeah. you know, when people go into to divorce, you know, you think it's just you that's being affected. But people who have been close to you, or people who've known you, they might not uh, 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 verbalize it, but there's a certain level of trauma. There's a certain level of sadness, especially when you deal with people that you truly love. There's a certain level of of sadness, and then when you've been around such such things. Uh, maybe one of the reasons why when you do get married, yours might work, not because of, but in spite of, because you now you, 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 you know how you felt. You've seen, you felt other, other people's pain and it mm -hmm. wasn't even your own pain. It was precarious. So you like, you know what? I don't want to feel this kind of pain because it's, it, it's, it's too painful. It's, it's traumatic. So, other people's experiences can actually help you in your own situation. Wow. So I remember one time I called myself getting mad at my wife. Oh, she did this and did that. And I told her, you know what? That's it. Uh, 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 you leave or I leave. That was in 2017. Mm -hmm. And she, she called my bluff. She left for one night. 
<laughs> you started going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she left him. I thought she, she called. You know, you know your sister is quite quiet, EJ. But she called my blog that night. She left. And I was calling all around. She came home the next day. She didn't say a word. Came home, checking the kids, and started leaving again. I said, where you going? Oh, you told me to leave, right? Either you leave or I leave. But so I'm leaving, but you're going to stay with the kids. I said, no. Exactly. <laughs> Let's start the thing over there. I was just mad. <laughs> I, I, I should stay with the kids. No, if we ever get divorced, Come back, let's talk this thing over. <laughs> let's go grab a, a chicken and grab a little glass of French wine and sit down and talk, you know. But I was like, no, 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 no. Jack drunk by him, fool, you know. I was like, no. So it, it, it's dramatic when, when you've experienced what your, your, your friends that you were close to went through. And if you have any bit of sense, you'd be like, you know what? I don't think I I, I want to go through this because it, it, it's too painful. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's why we just came off the topic of friends and family? Do you think that's why friends and family, this is to everybody, that's why they separate themselves? And you say, you know, this person left your life, this person wasn't there for you because do you think that they also are feeling your pain that they're not there? Do you think so? Could it be that way? So I personally think, for me, um, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of friends to, to begin with. My circle is very small. Okay. But I feel that someone who's genuinely a, a friend, because you know we have friends, we have associates, right? Right. Someone right. who's genuinely a friend, um, even if. Even if they're sad for you, you're the one who's going through it, right? So if you are genuinely a friend, then you show up and you support, Mm. despite your feeling of sadness, because that person is the person who's actually experiencing the ordeal. Got it. Yeah. At least in in my opinion of of a true friend. And then, of course, then then there are associates who are just uncomfortable. And if you are uncomfortable, then yes, do what's best for you. If you want to stay away, stay away. If you want to come around, come around. But ultimately, people who are truly in your inner circle, who are truly there for your best interest, you should be there to support somebody who's who's in, in, in their time of need, regardless of what it is, whether it's mm-hmm. the word or his illness, you know, the same way you celebrate with them in the happy times, be there for them in the in the in the bad times. At least that's True, but I also want to let them know when you say support, because there are friends who they think they're supporting, but when they come, every time they want to talk, y'all need to have this conversation about what's going on in your life. And then they want to talk about the person that you're going through this traumatic event with. And so those are the friends where I literally cut them off and I block them. That goes back to my point where sometimes people are there for you and they think that they're supporting you but they're not supporting you in the way in the manner in which you need them to so in all fairness ej that's when you're supposed to step in and say hey listen i know you're here to support me but the way in which you're doing it is not working versus just cutting the person off and blocking oh, them. Off quick. But, i mean give them the opportunity first tell them say look this is this Mental is how I need to help me <laughs> 
mentally I'll not prepare because I'm about to fight somebody. Like, why are you giving me all this extra information? Well, yeah. I saw the person, the person was doing this, and I said, like, why are you yeah, telling yeah. me? Why do I need to know? So uh, I that got in front of you gotta get rid Literally, of them, that's bro. what I did. I cut them off. You know, there are toxic close friends. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't see those people until you have a situation you're going through a situation that's when you see those people and there are toxic um family members so well, you don't well, know sometimes that they are toxic until you are going through a situation and when you're going through a situation now that's when you see different characters of people it's true so and, uh, yeah so somebody's well precious um somebody who's watching said some of us left we came back we filed, we filed for limited divorce. We didn't reconcile. But Precious was my ride or die. Oh, really? Aww. Yes. Somebody was oh, it's They said you were the ride or die. And that is a berry. Ah. <laughs> but you know something, though? That's, you know, it's good that Barry said that because sometimes we, well, I'm going to go a little bit spiritual and, and a little, yeah, what a little spiritual. Just a tad bit. Sometimes in our path, God allow us to go through something to help somebody, to be mm -hmm. able to help somebody. So in the process, you know what I've learned that when I was going through this stuff, I was God allowed me to go through it in a way that where I, I use therapy. I use, you know, of course, my relationship with Christ, but it allowed me to see purpose mm -hmm. in in that process to be able to now I can sit and I have counsel professionally and just friendship people through friendship. I've counseled people and, 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 and I don't know what the, you know, sometimes the ending was bad and sometimes it was good, but if I hadn't gone through what I went through, that, that inner knowledge that I have been there for people to trust me and also me trusting myself through Christ, it would have been hard. So sometimes we go through these process or these circumstances or situations to be able to help somebody. So some, it's not all bad. Yeah, he definitely, God definitely uses our, our bad and turns it for good so that we are yeah. in a position to help somebody else. Um, because there's somebody out there right now who's probably going through a divorce or just went through a divorce and you know they may feel excited or they may feel traumatized but for yeah. the ones that feel traumatized like i have no idea how i'm gonna wake up tomorrow that mm -hmm. person needs to know that there is light at the end of a tunnel that oh, yeah. there is a you will wake up tomorrow and that you are able to thrive tomorrow and that there's so much good that is still out there for you, you know, a lot of times and i yeah i'm gonna get churchy there are a lot of times that some people look down to divorcees, you know, mm -hmm. and because you got, yeah, because you got a divorce, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever, whatever their, their mental thoughts are. But God still loves me. He he's still taking care of me. Listen, I am more kept right now than I was married. <laughs> God, I mean. <laughs> And I'm not trying to throw shade. I just mean like God still loves me. He still wakes me up. He still provides for me. I'm still like selling. My kids are thriving. And I just give. That's all because of Christ. Right? So, you know, there's there's hope, man. There's there's life after divorce. 
really. And I'm not promoting say, it, but I'm just saying, if right. you find yourself in that situation, you have to understand you're not, God did not design you to be a doormat, that he yeah. loves you as his child. I'll right. say that uh, uh, one of the things, you know, like you guys talk about in terms of lessons learned, it's funny how I've had a lot of friends call me for mm -hmm. advice on the process of going through stuff. Now, my thing is I tell people, I say, look, if you guys can work things out, you guys can make it work by all means. Do it. Yeah. I say you don't well, want to go down the process no. here to do this, right? I say, however, if it cannot work, I will advise you on how to make it amicable to where Y'all don't spend the kind of money I spend. I would advise you. I'm not a lawyer or anything, but trust me, what I tell you, you go to court, you'll be fine. And all of those things. So I've given some, I get people, I got folks calling me like, oh, Emma, what should I do about my uh, custody thing? I take, man, you know, do this, do this, but make sure you cool to the mom and do, you know, I give advice. I try to balance my advice to them. But yeah, I get a lot of calls from people, friends and stuff wanting, you know, pointers. And I'm one of the people that called him too, so I just put yes. my hand up. I like I'm about to kill somebody. Help me out right now. Fuck you. And I and I and I and I tell myself, man, relax, calm down. You relax. <laughs> Not funny. Everybody yeah. used to tell me that. Relax. I say, yes, relax. You you're always okay. on ten. Because you know me, I'm always on ten. Like I am always on ten. And it's, and it's weird because at that time it was like I literally got in this new job. Yeah. And everything mm. was just like coming at once. I'm like, I'm about to clutch you. And when you talk about court, I remember going to court. And of course, I like mm. to do things by myself. I didn't tell nobody I'm talking. I walked in there by myself. And when I saw lawyers and I saw people and everything, <sighs> I had to go to the judge. I said, I need to go to the bathroom, please. <laughs> <laughs> My stomach literally broke loose. <laughs> that court, uh, man. Literally, I'm talking and I'm laughing right now, but I, my stomach broke loose. I had diarrhea. I was sweating. It was like I was, you know, oh, episode. That court, like, that court would get you. I'm like, that this is real. And one, one thing I say that's why that's why when I first started, I said I'm a little different from everybody because when I was going through my, I told my attorney straight up. I said, listen, I want to know everything you're doing. So that in the event that something happens to you, I can represent myself in court. So I went through all the case laws. I do all the different things. I know all the different loop, week my role and all that other stuff. And that's why people call me on it. But so I was, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's one of those things that you just, you know, you go through it depending on your personality. I mean, I don't know. It's just me. I already like law anyway. So I just use the opportunity to, you know, boost things up. So. so then I have a question. So mm -hmm. for the ones that, that have remarried, um, mm -hmm. people who's listening and, and met on the line, um, do you think then, and, and, and you can answer it in a general way, um, do you think that that was not, that person that you divorced was not for you, was not in your 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 help you align you with purpose and destiny and you just sometimes because sometimes we get married um for the wrong reasons 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then because we think we're in love and you don't, no one should get married. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off a little bit, but I'm going to come back to that question and someone please answer. No one should ever get married because of love. That fades away. Oh. After love fades away, then what happens? After the sex is not no longer good, it's not hitting the spot. What happens? So you should never get married because I love him. That is not an answer. So because that love will fade away. So come back to Emmett's question. The question I was asking Emmett was, do you think? Um, because. I mean, of course, I I'm, I want to get remarried, and I really, in my heart, feel like when you look back, that was not in destiny for me. I pushed it when I was looking at love and I was looking at other things. Do you think, or anyone can answer? You may marry the may have married the wrong person. So here's the deal. Uh, one of the things my attorney used to tell me he said, "My man." You're you man, you're man now. Because now a lot of people have gone through this stuff and come out the way you come out. And I said, I didn't, I'm like, what are you talking about, man? It's whatever. But yeah, it's a situation. Um, you, with that, I would say, uh, I would, it's not, it, yes, that person was, was a, it's not the right person for you. I have another, another, a uh, business mentor that told me, he said, he made an example of when he, his first marriage, uh, he was in business, started a business stuff and never go, went anywhere because, you know, the wife was not really working with him on that. But then the next one, it just kind of took off. So in those little things like that, you find that, okay, I got with the right person. I didn't get with the right person. But moreover, it's also, you, you also have to look at, um, when you go through a divorce, if you are going to get back into marriage, I strongly advise you to sit down, be true to yourself, figure out the lessons that you've learned from the yeah. previous stuff. Where did you go wrong? And then make sure that you don't make that mistake in, in another marriage. When I was marrying my, marrying my first marriage, I opened my IT business. Could not work full time by myself You know, right. in the business. I always had to hold down something because... I, even though I had a vision, I made it clear, all of that stuff. But the person I was with was not on par with that vision. You know, she had her own different stuff. But the moment I got remarried in 2014, 2015, I was 100% working full-time in my business. Mm. So that's just an example to say that it, it, depending on when you get with the right person and stuff like that, you know, things kind of move in the direction you ought to move. And then, you know, you have to look at the, the other things, the communication. And those kinds of things. How is the communication? How are you guys able to resolve your own problems without having to, you know, involve other people or run into somebody else or family and all of that? You're talking about friends and those kind of people. You know, if you can keep friends and family out of your marriage, oh yeah, you'll be all right. And I want to check what Kamina said because for me, Kamina, I don't believe that there is one person for one person. Mm-hmm. I believe that people meet people and they create this thing. What is love, whatever it is that they create. So I personally believe, I don't think that um, my ex, our relationship wasn't meant to be. I think it was part of my process. Mm -hmm. Because I say part of my process, because out of that, 
I've gained the best thing ever in my life. I have a child. I have my son. I have my mini me. So I believe that that was part of my plan. Mm -hmm. I don't believe there's one person for anybody. I think people meet people, they create a relationship or cultivate a relationship, whatever it is, and they move on from there. Love for me has never been a feeling. Love for me has been a decision because mm -hmm. I decide to be with this person. Because for mm -hmm. the feelings that you said, so Jack, and I don't want to look at your face. I don't want to see you. <laughs> well, how can I be in love for you at that point of time? So that's my thing. But Brooks, look like you wanted to say something. Yeah, uh, the, the the question Kamina asked is wow, that's, that's a deep question. Okay, and uh, I can personally you're still married, so <laughs> no, I no, but I, I can personally uh, I can personally attest to that question because before I got married. I was, I was dating a young lady and well you can call it love i was so crazy about her and blah 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 I mean, I was crazy about her, but you know, I had sometimes we, we really have to look back in our lives at our forefathers and learn from their mistakes. I, I, oh, oh yeah, because I saw my father, my grandfather called himself being in love and all that stuff, and <laughs> hey, I, I, I saw how that ended. And when I saw myself going down the same road, I was like, no, I don't want to go down this road too. So I sat down and I had a very strong talk with myself. I said, self? Self said yes. Self said, I'm listening. I said, you sure you want you sure you want to do this? Because this girl right here, if you get married to her, <laughs> your life is over. Because there were certain things I asked myself, certain boxes I checked, and she didn't meet any of them. The only thing that we had going on was the only thing we had going on was the fact that I was so emotionally attracted to her. Did he buy two or Yeah. Oh, well, one bad thing, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so when she came to me and said she wanted to talk, she had a she, had, she wanted to have a talk with me. Uh, this thing wasn't working, and uh, uh, she she wanted to call it quits. I was like, praise the Lord in my heart. I was like, okay. And she was like, you're not going to say anything? I said, what else you want me to say? And I was glad. It was it was a long road home, but it was hurting, but I knew I made the right decision. And the decision became even easier because right within that transition, I met my wife. I was way back in 2004 towards the end. And we didn't even start off from relationship or anything. We just started off as friends. There was no relationship involved. There was no love involved. How be it? As we begin to spend more time together and get to know each other better, I realized that, you know what, for the kind of person that I am, for who I am, and as crazy as I can be, I need a woman in my life who's going to keep me straight, who's going to check me when I'm doing the wrong thing. I don't want no woman who I can get 
who I can just walk over will allow me to do whatsoever because it's going to destroy me. So I checked the box and said, this is the woman that I want to get married to. And love had, at that time, love had nothing to do with it. She got out of the prayer while she couldn't even hold hands. She couldn't even hold hands. I mean, there, there was no kind of emotional attachment. But was the, in the land. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> it was the fact that this person is good for me. Yeah, I like her. But besides that, like Camina said, all that stuff is going to fade as you mm -hmm. get older, you know. But the, the character, the integrity is what's going to stand. And mm -hmm. I know that this is what I needed to make me a better man. And I'm so glad that 15 years later, the proof is in the pudding. She's made me a better man. And I'm not ashamed to say because of my wife, I'm the man I am today, you know. And Emma said it, to, now, to your own self be true. I was true to myself. This is what I need. I, I truly believe if I had gotten married to somebody else, I probably would be divorced. I wouldn't be even be where I am. But I had to speak the truth to myself. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of, even in churches, we are not being true to ourselves. Say, this is what we need. We want to go off the facade of, I'm in love, you know. I'm in love. This person is this. This person is that. This person is, is this person and all that. We're not speaking the truth to ourselves. And I think that's the reason why sometimes we find ourselves in some of the situations we find ourselves in. Right. Being that all of us, I would say all of us are, you know, we, we, we are part of, well, one time in Romero, we're all part of the same church. Or, you know, we assembled together. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Somebody said, I think somebody has said earlier, um, this conversation is not being had in the church. Um, the church hasn't created a space, even though there are people in the church who are going through divorce. The rate of divorce is higher in the church, but the church don't talk about it. So when mm -hmm. we say, why is it that we start the relationship in the church, but then end it in court? How can we find a space and that's and i know that's something that's like been on my heart forever because i'm like i had to navigate that process by myself i didn't have a lawyer i said i was not spending that money i navigated the process by myself i read books i researched and i did it on my own and i got everything that i wanted from that process and so i gave you case law yeah, I had to read case log and rebuttal and do Jason versus Jason in Indianapolis. This happened and so this, I am telling you because the problem is, I think it's easier for people. I won't say easy. It's really it's a smooth ride for people who don't have property. They don't have anything together. So the process is a little smooth. But when you have properties, when you have business, and then you have a child, that that. Custody party that one. So before we leave from here, there are people who are watching. There might be somebody here who's contemplating. Um, someone said it's called sorry, it's called biblical mediation. Jesus is a good judge. And so there is somebody who have an amazing story that they share with me where when they were about to go through divorce, they and their husband was go, but literally was going to go to divorce. They were ready to go and do this thing, but they were able to go back to the church. And the church was able to do a biblical mediation where people from the church stood by them. 
somebody represented her husband, somebody represented her based on the rules and regulation, what she did get from the court, she, they presented the case, everything worked out. Yes, it was in a church setting and it worked. And that's because they, I believe it worked for them. And so through the church setting and through the process, but they still made it legal. They still did like the legal thing. So what happened in the church, it took it to the court, signed papers and all that kind of stuff. But it worked for them. And today they are not divorced. And so I was like, well, I think that's something I don't know from you guys before we end this is how what can you say before we leave from here for someone who might be contemplating divorce? Did you um, see? I'm sorry, did you say they're still married or they actually yeah, they're still, well, they literally separated? They were about to get a divorce, but it was about to work it out and they came back together and they, they're still together. Okay. So uh uh EJ if I may, um yeah. I think that whole the story you just gave here, I would say is uh, happened because I would assume I don't know these people, but I would assume is because these people allowed the church to do that to be that for them. So when we talk about the church, the church is there to do for you what you may want the church to do for you, but you have to allow the church to do it for you, and. Moreover, in terms of this conversation, I mean, you have this platform, you have, you know, that, that you know, uh, anyone can, any church that see, that feel that they have the ability to, at time to do it, they can start a conversation, get a group together. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, you have to, anyone going through a situation, if you are 100% truthful and honest because part of what made my situation the way it was is that i was 100 truthful and honest with myself and mm-hmm. i even say okay what did i do wrong like where did i go wrong in the whole scenario right mm-hmm. and what can i do and how do i contribute to this whole process here so as like i tell people when you're going through this thing, especially if you already already gone through the divorce thing you're thinking I'm like, listen, take the time and really have a conversation with yourself as to what you're looking for, what you want to do, where you're going next. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself in the same situation again because you just go with emotion and stuff like that. So I think, and if for your question in terms of people who are going through it, my first advice, if there is any hope for you all to stay together, explore that, push into that. You know what I mean? If the if the person is willing to talk to you, because I tell folks, if the other person is willing to talk, talk. Don't go and jump and leave because y'all can start talking. That can lead to other things, and then poop, y'all can fix it. That's but if you're just if yeah, if it's just chocolate like that and nothing happening, then start positioning yourself to take proper, <laughs> you know, step and guide your 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 interests. But so anyway. I, I want to say something. Um, you started off as you started off, and I wanted to to, to piggyback off of what you said. So we are the church. I we like how you started people, off, right? So mm-hmm. so we are the church. So in instances where you can be a brother's keeper, be a brother's keeper. Sometimes sometimes it just takes that that vested party to bring you together to talk to you both, if both people are willing to. Or take right yeah but um where where is the church in the process well the church can when i if we're not talking about ourselves and we're talking about like our pastors right mm-hmm. the only time you can 
that can work is if you go and tell them. If you don't tell them, they're not going to know. <laughs> so they're not going to know to get involved, right? But if you, if you like Emmett shared, they went to counseling at the church, you know, so that's an example where, where they tried, you know, they went to the church and um, they tried it there and it didn't work out. So sometimes that's the case, but like, for example, Kamina's case, where brother man just up and just, you know, nobody could find him to even say, oh, let's, let's come and have a discussion. So I think, I think it depends on the situation and it depends on the people. Sometimes the other person is not willing to go to talk to nobody. And if that is the case, what are you going to do? You want to show up to your pastor's office all by your own self? I think, I think, I think what we do, Precious, you said we are the church and I do agree. And I, and I said, the church isn't the building. The church are the people. We, we, we are the church. I'm the church. You are the church. However, us as members, of the church and we do have a leader we put too much responsibilities on the pastors we put too much responsibilities on the leaders of the church yes they are leaders but what the church what we're not doing is we because we are the church we have professionals that are within the church within the building per se that can go at that we can we have so many ministries in the church. Why can't it be a ministry that says, let's stay together or something? I don't know the name, but you know, a ministry that makes sure we keep marriages in place because when you come, when it comes to the church, ma- divorce is like the highest, at the highest when it comes to folks in the church. So I believe as I have a degree in counseling, that's my profession. I, I counsel people. I, we have so many, I was, you know, looking at different people. We have people in the church who are, this is their, that's their, that's their, that's their, that's their profession. Let's talk about, are you willing to be in this ministry? Can we talk about a ministry? We, we focus on the usher. We focus on the choir. We focus on the word coming through the prayer ministry. We focus on all these things. Why can't we focus and have a strong team together? Now the team that we should have together shouldn't be people that leave that setting and take your business to John Paul and Sarah. And that is the fear sign contracts like make it so serious that something is signed and say it's a volunteer ministry because we volunteer we're not doing it for us we're doing it for the lord so that the body is strengthened so we can do what the lord has called us to do so if we're doing this let's let's sign contracts and say okay this is what we're doing just how i counsel people now i counsel veterans i know i can't speak about one outside of what outside of the office or outside of our setting let mm-hmm. me not do that so let's, let's let's come up with ministries we don't have to leave it up to the pastor to come up with it like a group of us sit together and 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 say okay this is what we want to do take it to the pastor i have a i mean in my church i have a bishop who when he's so open minded that he's like okay start it let me see how yeah, it goes. But, how can I help you? No, I'm just saying these are things that we can start doing amongst ourselves to help each other. And let's do a ministry as to let's stay together type of ministry. We, you know, we have the singles ministry. 
So precious, then Elton is going to go because my people are showing me the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this hour is not even long for this stuff, but let's go. I told you. Go ahead. Sorry, so, sis. I was gonna say we have singles ministry, we have marriage ministry. There's a marriage ministry, there's a there's a yeah, place. marriage, yeah, couples, couples ministry, couples yeah, there's ministry, couples yes. ministry. There's the men ministry that pray about marriage all the time, talk about marriage all the time. There's the women's ministry that talk about marriage all the time. Um, there's no, we really don't have something for divorce divorcees, which are mm -hmm. most of the time broken people <laughs> that yeah. really need you at that time. We need you to just let it vent. We do a really good job, and Kamina, I think I think your recommendation is a really good one because it's almost like the professional side on top of the the spiritual, thing, the spiritual side, which I think is really good because at the end of the day, our pastors are not certified therapists. They're, nope. they're not right. So I think that's really good to not have the professional on top of the spiritual. So I think that's really good, and I think we also need to focus on the people who. You know, they were in a couple's ministry, they were in the women's prayer ministry, and they still ended up divorced. So how are we ministering to how are we ministering to those people? There are single dads, there are single moms, there are people that um financially in ruins and don't know how they're gonna take care of anything because of their divorces, right? Right. You heard Emma talk about how expensive his was. So I think I think we we do a lot of trying to prevent it. But we, we could really work on how to restore when, when somebody does go through that. How do we love on them more, knowing that they just went through something that was heartbreaking for them? Mm -hmm. Okay, Ellington. Uh, <clears throat> what Commander says, EJ, as you know, we have a group and we, 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 we express that exact sentiment that everything goes to the pastor or the bishop or the archbishop or whoever and it shouldn't be that way because there are issues that people are dealing with in 2022 that somebody who's been married since 1902 cannot relate to and you need people whether pastors or deacons who who, who are professionals who can relate to these things and who are able to counsel you properly when you are dealing with these specific issues. And I think that has been one of the failures of the church. We're putting everything, every issue, every problem into the, into the lap of one person because this person is the pastor or this person is the bishop or the archbishop. And that has been a, been a failure of the church. So we in the church need to identify people who are professionals, who are comfortable enough talking about certain things because there are certain things some pastors are not comfortable talking about. If the woman or the man are having a problem because, you know, maybe she doesn't want to give him oral sex, some teachers don't want to talk about it. But people get divorced because of that. Let, let's just be real. People have gotten divorced for that. That's it. Yeah. 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 
so basically, we're talking to ourselves. Basically, we're talking to ourselves. You're right. We're talking to ourselves because we are the church. Now we gotta go, and y'all won't try to be talking plenty. And that's what we're talking about. It should have been an hour and a half for two hours because I don't have the time. But go ahead. Okay. Okay. What I was going to say are two things. The booster, the boost coming up point. I went to Emmanuel's church when it was Emmanuel's church. I met with a pastor there. She was actually, not only was she a pastor, but she was licensed therapist. You know, uh, she was licensed to do counseling, marital counseling and stuff. But to go to, uh, those, you see, you made me forget what Brooks was saying. But in terms of what Brooks was saying, the bottom line is that, well, no, no, the bottom line is that what some of the problems that we have with the pastors here is that they want to, you need, then that's why we can set this up, right, in the church, because you don't need no super spiritual conversation in that kind of situation. Then. No. You need people that can be real and talk real. Not no all the power. John T. Sister said this. And people are taking the side. Let's talk what happened here. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's <laughs> in your marriage. Just you, your partner, and God. So uh -huh. say what you want to say. There are some things that only getting on your knees going to fix. Right, so I hear you. There's the practical, but don't disregard the spiritual. I'm not disregarding, but you get guided within there. Yeah, I think for me, precious, the spiritual is important. But I think what the church also needs to understand is that counseling is different from mediation. You have to deal with the people' character. When I come to your office and I say, "This is a situation that's going on in my marriage now." My partner is not doing A, B, C, D, and F. Don't take a scripture and say, John 3, 16, for God so loved the word. Don't do that right now. A time of missionary. Like, Easy. at that moment in time. Easy. At that moment in time. Trust me, I know John 3, 16. But what I'm dealing with right now is we have no money to pay our bills. And let's say, for example, the personal partner is spending money. They're shopping. Let's say they're a gambler. So in that moment, when you bring this whole spiritual stuff, that person cannot hear it. Because what they need for you to do is they need some sort of mediation. You need to call the partner, sit the partner down, talk the realities of life. This is what's going on with your partner. And I think that is the issue. I think we they get the whole mix up of mediation, counseling, bringing, when to bring the Bible. when. And I'm not saying the Bible or the spiritual aspect should not be in every setting. But I think what happens is we miss when to bring it in. Because I would, when I was going through my stuff and people want to, you know, you want to throw a Bible verse at me. I'm looking at you like, really? So you don't think, you don't think I know that verse. You don't think I know God. Or you tell me saying you know, divorce is a sin. And God hates divorce. So in this point that you're getting a divorce, you are a sinner. Is that the right thing to tell someone that they're going through this? Yes, I guess it's tough love. But let's be real humans. In that moment, as a human being, you're like, I'm going to throw stuff at this person. And like Brooke said, and what Emmett said, um, for me, I went to Grace. Grace in Colombia, they have a divorce ministry. I don't know what happened to Karina. But they have a divorce ministry, literally. And so you sit there, uh, people, it's like a, it was like a therapy session. But the person also gave you guys uh, pointers on how to deal with it. But it we're has come off one by one. Yes, we're dropping off one by one. Yes, come to an end. And I think this <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you're so dropping off. 
uh, this conversation has this conversation has gone to deeper heights, and I tell you guys, I'm amazing. I knew I. I I don't know how I was going to do this conversation. As you can see, this is all I was able to write today because it was very stressful for me. But I say thank you guys for coming on for honoring the invitation. Um, we can, I think, um, from this group, I don't know what you guys want to do, but I think that Kamina literally have told us what we need to do. So I think this is something that we can all sit down and talk about. And we can see how we can do because basically it has become a passion. But let me mention one thing we... We we do it. The of course at my church we do have a licensed therapist, but it can't be one person. Yeah. No, it can't. Our pastor, we have a pastor who is um, a licensed therapist. Yeah, so we can't be. But it can't it be, be just the pastor. That was my. That's point. what I'm saying. It can't be the yeah. pastor because if it's if for me, I like life groups, and that's why I want to celebrate recovery. I love life group for people to come in. This is my challenge. This is my experience. This is what um, I went through. This is how I was able to overcome it. And then when I need counseling and therapy, that person can do it. But I'm about to kick you guys out the broadcast because you guys have been amazing. Super thankful. I say, Precious Taylor, you were amazing. Emmanuel Aquay was amazing. Ellington Brooks, who's been there for 15 years. We took our hat to you. Calm down on me, fighting again. Life is good. <laughs> no, man. No, man. I'm tired with the scene. Carmina, thank you so much for being here. And I love you all. And I say bye, bye, bye. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye, everyone. Man. Peace out. Carmina, I'll call you, Precious. Okay. Okay, guys. So this was the conversation. I spoke an opinionated. Of course, I am your host, Edwin Maya. This was a great conversation. If you didn't hear, of course, we are on Spotify uh, podcast. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, the conversation. I spoke an opinionated. Instagram, the conversation with double N. We're asking you to go ahead. Um, like we said, if you are going through this process, if something is happening in your marriage, we're asking you to go and find somebody to talk to. Um, if you're in a great church. Find somebody in your church that you can talk to. You have a friend's group. Let them know what's going on so people can help you out. Um, we are not giving you the license to go get a divorce. We are literally having a conversation for you to see what we went through. We look at the challenges that we face. We learn from it. Um, God has blessed us to move forward. So I say thank you for being here. It was a great time. And I see you next week, Thursday.